This is Shelly Zorn. Welcome back to Let's Talk Thomasville. I have my partner in crime with me today, Andrea Collins. I am here and I'm very excited to introduce our guest speaker for today. Um, he is new to Thomasville and uh, he serves at the his new role as CEO of Archbold Memorial Hospital, um, Mr. Darcy Craven. Welcome, Darcy. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you and um, there's a lot for us to talk about. We're, you know, we, we shared with you earlier before we hit play on this podcast that we were really kind of going down a year of centennial storytelling and we know that Archbold will be celebrating its centennial in four years. Um, so we would be remiss to not at least go ahead and connect with you to really learn more about the history. But before we dive into all that, um, you're new to Thomasville and I'm just uh, curious to see what what pulled you this way? What attracted you to to the hospital and to this region? Well, my wife and I, most people know this, we grew up in Canada, so a long way from Thomasville. But A uh, long way. Big yeah. difference. <laughs> but, uh, we relocated to the Carolinas in the mid-90s, so we spent the better part of 20 years in North and South Carolina, a small stint in Northern Alabama as I moved around from hosp- around hospitals. And then uh, we made a decision in um, 2016 to move closer to Canada. We were in Western New York, up in Buffalo, New York. and. After living in the South for 20 years, it's hard to move back up north. So we we. Uh, why do you say why, why do you say that? I'm sorry. It's, it's the weather. Yeah, the weather terrible. Alone. That's, that's uh, <laughs> no secret. But even the people, like uh, we would just find there's people are nice, but they're not southern nice. I guess that's right. What we the culture. So we drew you in, and you, you did. go back. We're, right. I think my wife and I, even though we were Canadian by birth, we're uh, southerners by uh, just living down here for so long so our kids were born and raised in the carolinas and um we decided it wasn't for us living up there anymore so we started looking again and i still i just stumbled upon the recruiters that were recruiting for this position in archibald and uh loved what the i was really looking for a community focused nonprofit system like mm-hmm. archibald is mm-hmm. and uh, in a small southern community which thomasville is. right and every time we came to visit uh we just love the town more and more. Uh, Same and, for me and my yeah, husband. Now that we're here for nine months, we can honestly say we'll probably never leave. Like even I after we're tired, we'll yeah. stay here forever. We this is it. it I yeah. lived in metro areas. Mm-hmm. I lived in town of four thousand people, and honestly, I don't ever want to leave Thomasville. I've been mm-hmm. here seven years, and I think it's unique and special. And the hospital, in particular, when I tour people through town, trying to recruit them to Thomasville, bring jobs to Thomasville. When we get to the hospital, I had one lady say it looked like a, a beach resort. She's like, I've never seen a hospital that attractive. Yeah, it's, really, I, it's really it's a incredible. Place, though, it is. It's it incredible. Is. Well, so, I think that maybe leads into another question: is when you said that you know you, you were looking for a hospital that was uh, that fit the bill in a small town. How how often do you come across hospitals that are like Archbold, where it's a, a, a privately ran hospital in a small town of 44,000? Because I hear time and time again it's how rare, lucky rare. we are. And this is a larger hospital system. Yeah, than like Archbold's a good sized system. Uh, you know, four hospitals now, uh, three nursing homes around, you know, the six counties that we call our service area. But um, I think it's harder and harder for any hospital to make ends meet nowadays in healthcare in the United States, especially for a small community-based hospital like Archibald. But I think it's just the town has supported the the hospital for a hundred years. The the Archibald set up a foundation that has been supported over time and 
and the hospital's in a very good position, unlike a lot of smaller uh, community hospitals out there. And what you're finding more and more is the smaller hospitals are looking for larger partners, right. whether those be big nonprofit systems or the for-profit systems like HCA. Mm-hmm. And Archibald actually went through that process before my time uh, to make a decision whether they should affiliate with someone bigger or stay independent. And thankfully they made the decision to stay independent because financially they can, uh, and the community is continues to support Archibald, but when you make that decision, you, you give the decision-making authority to somebody else. So whether that's in, in Atlanta or up in, uh, Albany or in Tallahassee mm-hmm. or some of these larger for-profit systems that's Nashville, Tennessee, then the decisions for our community then become made somewhere else. Right. Which that's never isn't always thing. the best thing. Right. No, it's not. And I think that's, I think that's <laughs> I the think most interesting part. We, you know, we've really been talking a lot about leadership and making sure we have the right leaders and decision makers in place. And, and, and clearly whoever was a part of Archbold a uh, hundred years ago and the decisions they made, it was an integral part uh, mm-hmm. as, you know, as it has founded the community as it is today. And with that same decision-making process with choosing, we, we were talking with Flowers Foods and they um, they were actually faced with that same decision. Do we want to pick up our corporate office and yeah. move it somewhere else? And they chose to keep it here. And so those decisions have, have long-term impacts and they've all been a positive impact for the mm-hmm. community. So. What would you say has been Archbold's, um, like the, the growth? How has it contributed to Thomasville's growth? Well, I think obviously with, there's a lot of great industries here in, in this area, but you know, Archbold is the region's largest employer, 2,500 employers or employees, sorry. But over the time, you know, that the, the hospital or the system has expanded, I think eight times over the last 100 years. So adding services, adding beds, adding buildings and, and increasing uh, the number of employees we have. So mm-hmm. I think uh, Archibald is basically, you know, definitely one of the primary economic drivers of this region. Mm-hmm. You know, our payroll is over $200 million now, and, and that's money that's going back into the community and, and purchasing houses and buying groceries and supporting other businesses. And that's important. It's not right. just about the health care. It's about the health of the community. And, and Archibald, I think, has kept more than kept pace over the last 100 years. It's really been at the forefront of of innovation and bringing new technologies to town and really recruiting some really talented doctors that, right. that communities this size generally don't see. Right. You know? It's an anomaly. It, is it an really anomaly. is. And I think mm-hmm. it all branches back to the origins of Archbald mm-hmm. and how it started. And I think that was a unique start and that's why it is the unique um, hospital it is mm-hmm. today. And I think that lends itself to the unique community that we have here in Thomasville. So tell us a little bit about how the hospital came to be about here in Thomasville and why and how that kind of yeah. affected this whole region. I'm still, it's a neat that's story. Part of yeah, it's a neat being story. A, a new person in the community, I'm learning more I, every day I learn something new about the, the hospital or the community or different ties that people have to this community. But so the Archibalds, uh, most people obviously know that uh, John F. Archbald was the individual who decided to build the hospital in honor of his father, John D. Archbald. But the Archbalds owned chickpea plantations, spent their winters in Thomasville. Their kids went to Thomasville schools. Um, and John F. Archbald got sick in the 20s mm-hmm. and needed surgery at the local city hospital. And, and, I, and that's when I think the impetus to build a hospital in memory of his father, in honor of his father, that's when that occurred. The original plans for the hospital, though, uh, 
were to be in New York City in, in Manhattan area, really? I was told, where the hospital's actually the original architectural design and part of that building still exists was actually to New York building codes and health codes. Oh, and, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. I believe during, you know, one of the winters being down here, the discussions just took place and the decision was made to build it here instead of in Manhattan. So that's pretty So another decision that yeah. was, that, that, <laughs> that impacted our community. Yeah. That's pretty... It has unique architecture for sure. Even with, uh, um, the Spanish look that it has and everything. Right. And I know Chickapin also has that same kind of look. Right. So yes. that must have been something the something family. They liked, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's unique. <laughs> it's in their style, right. It's very interesting. Um, so it, Archibald in, uh, opened in 1925. Yes. I think just looking back at some of the podcasts we've done recently, we were able to um, connect with the uh, curator, Ephraim Rotter, at the History Center, and he kind of shared with us a little bit about we were really wanting to know who those movers and shakers were. <laughs> and um, I think this is very fitting to kind of talk about Archibald opened in 1925, which is the Roaring 20s. And Shelley, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the historian here, the history buff, but it was interesting to find out really what spearheaded all these, um, all the, the establishment of Rotary, of the Rose Show, of the Chamber of Commerce, and it was because, and I'll just kind of turn it over to you because you're well, better storyteller than Well, we were just myself. talking about this before we press play, but um, the Spanish flu happened in 1918, yeah. 1919, 1920, so by the time they got over that pandemic, then that's why they had the Roaring Twenties. Right. You know, they're ready to go. They're ready to go out. They're ready to party. They're ready to have fun. And I just thought it was interesting that that happened and it spurred the growth in Thomasville of probably a hospital and Rotary and Chamber and Rose Show. And then here we are a hundred years later, just getting over hopefully a global yeah. pandemic. And so I read an article last yeah. week about that these. 20s they're expecting to also be the roaring 20s right people are so ready to go, ready yeah. to go. i know i am i'm ready to go <laughs> too right. we I'm, are ready to go yeah. so um can you advise how archbolts kept up with the standard since the 1920s how have you guys been One able to impress evolve? me the most when i was learning about archbold and just researching the hospital was just how it's really always been at the forefront of innovation and technology so the hospital um has always looked to bring new technologies and new services locally versus people having to drive somewhere else to get that stuff done. And I think some great examples of that are, you know, the gamma knife. So gamma knife is a very specialized uh, radio surgery. It's, it's used for you know, oncology patients, people with brain tumors. And uh, we were the first hospital south of Augusta to have a gamma knife. Oh, wow. And that was back in, I believe is in the eighties. And then, um, since then, we're still one of the only hospitals in the area. Like Tallahassee, there's no gamma knife in Tallahassee. It's in it's in uh, Thomasville. So, so another way impressive. Thomasville punches above its weight yeah. is yeah yeah. yeah. And I think that makes us a regional leader. When I'm oh, yeah. pitching to new businesses, I always say that we're the regional hub, and we are because of those industrial jobs, and we are because of the downtown and education. But we certainly are because of healthcare. I think that Definitely. gives us that regional yeah. impact for sure. So back in uh, 2000 or the hospital's two da Vinci surgical robots. So those are assisted robotic surgeries. Um, we're actually right now looking at adding a third because of the physician demand. Um, so that's something not all hospitals our size are going to have. Those are expensive pieces of equipment. Um, they really do help uh, lower length of stay, improve uh, 
recovery times for patients, lower blood loss, all those important things. Mm -hmm. And not all hospitals are our size or, or, you know, have one of those robots, let alone two, and then looking at adding a third. Possibly so, three. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. You know, just last year at the uh, Lewis Hall Singletary Oncology Center, we, we added a, what's called a variant true beam linear accelerator, which is really top of the line cancer treatment available locally mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. going somewhere else to get that. So that's super important to us, mm -hmm. making sure people don't have to drive out of town right. to get these cutting edge treatments. Right. Also tough enough time in life. That's yeah. right. And then you add the expense of travel or whatever. So um, kind of shifting gears a little bit. One of the things we wanted to ask was what are some of the biggest milestones in Archibald's history and how has that kind of changed healthcare for our community over the years? I think just, um, just on the heels of what we were just talking about, I think that Archibald's done a great job just keeping pace with demand and you know that you've seen the system grow over time. So you know, I mentioned the Lewis Hall Singletary Oncology Center that opened in 1988. And then the new building where it currently sits on Broad Street was opened in 2010. Um, in 1989, the Outpatient Surgery Center was opened, uh, which was an addition to the West Wing of the hospital. Uh, in 2002, the Ambulatory Care Center on Broad Street was opened. So that's imaging, women's, uh, women's imaging, all the mastectomy, all that stuff, mm -hmm. um, or mammography, sorry, not mastectomy, takes place in that building. Um, I said in the 80s, but it was actually 2003 was the Gamma Knife, so the Gamma Knife was acquired in 2003. In 2006, the East Tower and the uh, Loudermilk Heart and Vascular Center opened, so th that was a, a really, I think, a milestone for Archibald opening the Heart and Vascular mm -hmm. Center, and that has quickly become what is today a, probably our busiest service line, and we're actually in the mm -hmm. midst of adding a fifth uh, or cath lab to the, to the heart center. So as the year. needs of the community and the region shift, Archibald's having to shift to meet yeah. those needs. And so you're yeah. seeing it's, it's progression based on the needs mm -hmm. of- Definitely. And uh, probably the biggest, the single biggest event was in 2012 when the North Tower opened. So that was 247,000 square feet. Wow. Uh, 114 private rooms. And, and since the original hospital was built, that was the biggest thing I think the, they've taken on, which, you know, as a new person walking around the hospital, I can't imagine hmm. not having that. Right. You know, where I, I've asked uh, some of my my team at the hospital, where'd you put the patients before you had the North Tower? Right. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do? How'd you make it work? Exactly. We How just many beds did. Total. How many beds total here? We have 200, we're licensed for 265 here in okay. Thomasville. So the system itself is uh, about 550. Wow. Okay. So yeah, they almost doubled the size yeah. with that new tower. That's, That's pretty incredible. It's not that long ago. No. Yeah. Well, um, I have a question for you. Having had um, recent back surgery, I utilized um, Archibald's physical therapy mm -hmm. and I love my physical therapist so much. I, almost, I feel like she might even be my counselor at times. <laughs> um, but I know that you have a background in physical therapy, correct? I'm an occupational therapist uh -huh. and my okay. wife is a speech therapist. Okay. So um, as I was actually getting the uh, physical therapy with my back, we were meeting at the um, existing location and you guys were actually currently building a new facility. Tell us a little bit about this facility. The new facility on Pine Tree is right beside Pizza Hut there on Pine yeah. Tree. It is spectacular. Mm -hmm. It's uh, recently opened this year. Um, probably tripled the amount of space we're devoting to outpatient rehab from the old site on uh, Hansel Street there. But uh, it's got aquatic therapy, so there's a pool inside it and all the latest uh, tools for our therapists to really uh, 
meet the needs of our patients here in the community again. So it's, it's a so another practice. another explanation of yeah. how the needs are there and you're growing to meet the needs. Mm -hmm. uh, so what type of advances today with the latest technology and innovation? What what do you see uh, are some of the projects that are currently in the works that are um, centered around the the future looking like also going we talked about the pandemic so the pandemic didn't really you know didn't stop healthcare you know it didn't stop <laughs> no it didn't did it so probably we, we dealt with the <laughs> pandemic but at the same up. time we moved forward with a lot of projects so i, I mentioned the the heart and vascular expansion so we're adding a fifth cath lab that'll be open uh, this year um one of the biggest community needs i think they've really met and and uh, I'm glad they did this. This is before my time, but the John B. and Elizabeth V. White Inpatient Hospice Center is going to open oh. later this year. So that'll be six hospice beds uh, on the top of the uh, East Tower of the hospital. Hmm. And really, uh, that's important for community. You know, if, yes. if you're in that stage of your life where you're dying and you still need medical care, um, not everyone can die at home. So to have a really comfortable place where you can, you know, go to, to pass away and really have your family around you, but still have that medical care around you. Right. So that's something I'm very proud that the hospital is doing. That'll be open this fall. Okay. That's what my next question yeah. was. It'll be open this fall. We are looking this month. I think it's next week. We're going to have groundbreaking for our new uh, nursing home, which will be attached to Grady General Hospital in Cairo. Okay. So I believe that's 75 beds and there's about a $20 million investment in that community, which is, is, Really needed. Yeah. Um, and the, the what we're really working on now, and we don't have plans finalized, but I will tell you, we're working hard to come up with the plans for a renovation of our mother baby area. So we're that's one of the most important service lines any hospital <laughs> offers. It's probably the one at Archibald that hasn't been renovated. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I talked to a lot of people that were born there and they work there today and it hasn't changed much. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'm committed and our team's committed to really finding a new area of the hospital for that. Welcome to the podcast right. because we have our groundskeeper here blowing. <laughs> so, I don't know if you can hear that. But right. So, you know, this is real. This is real and this is live. Not yeah. stage. So, bear with us for a moment. So, hopefully, this year we'll be able to announce that we have plans you know develop for a, a new uh, labor and delivery mother baby area that's and, awesome and our goal is really that'll hopefully be in conjunction with 100th anniversary oh uh, okay so you're looking at possibly in yeah. four years to maybe kind of have that project yeah, take flight it'll be a big construction project yeah i can imagine yeah. so i mean that's a lot that you guys have in the funnel between mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. inpatient hospice groundbreaking for nursing home mother baby area that's a lot going on what are so if you could share with the community one thing sorry it's okay <laughs> he's still out there working he's don't still know out if he there working. That or not but <laughs> what's one thing that you would like the community to know about how they can become more involved with maybe with the healthcare system how can they become more involved with making sure since the community is the reason that the you know that the hospital continues to expand and grow what are some things that we can do as a community to continue to help support Archbold? Well, number one, obviously, is use Archbold. I think there's, there's like um, every industry, there's there's competition. There's uh, competition locally. There's groups from outside our area coming in mm -hmm. to, People to have really a choice. That's right. yep, provide health care. Um, and I think it doesn't matter whether you're in a town like Thomasville or a big city like Atlanta, there's always a mentality like, bigger is better so people are, like think they need to go out of town for for certain 
you know, critical illnesses. And right. That's why I think mm -hmm. it's good that we're talking about it. So whether it's cancer or heart disease or, or um, you know, so many surgery, we offer the best care. Right. And we have a great partnership with Tallahassee uh, Memorial that if we if it's something we don't offer that we can get patients to Tallahassee right. for, for that next level of care mm -hmm. and something we don't offer. So I think, uh, you know, that's one area people could just, you know, try to keep care local if we can. And the other area is support. So, you know, our small foundation is always raising money. We're going to raise money for the mother baby area. So, you know, financially, if people have that, those means that uh, they look to, to our small foundation. Right. Looking at giving. I kind of look at it as sort of a you know a boutique hospital in a way you know we're really big on uh, shopping local and supporting mm -hmm. local and um, it doesn't stop when you're looking at your healthcare yeah. needs. Well, and I'll have to say, I mean, I, I know every community says that the difference is their people, but I think that's true in Thomasville. I think that's true at your hospital. So I've been there for physical therapy. Yeah. I've been there to the emergency room for something small. Uh, I had my gallbladder removed at Archibald, and I just have to say I thought the staff went above and beyond like nobody wants to be in the hospital <laughs> I mean nobody I'm, I'm a little hospital averse myself and did not want to be there some people may um, enjoy it Shelley. You just I did know. not um, but I'll tell you that they made it as enjoyable as possible they went above and beyond um, I thought to make you feel comfortable to be friendly to give you answers right away. I know you're dealing with a lot of different people, a lot of different staff, a lot of different clients coming in. And um, so I was impressed. And I know that sometimes it's, you know, people fall through the cracks every now and then as far as customer service and what we do and what every industry does. And it's how you handle the, the problems. Um, I like that it's local and you know somebody. And when you've got a problem, you know, if it's your physical therapist and you get to know them and you text them on the weekend, they're responsive and they'll help you. So you just don't have that in other areas. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the people there make a big difference. And I was very impressed if you got to go to the hospital, you know, <laughs> you want it to be as pleasant as possible. I'm yes, sure you right. do. You mm -hmm. certainly do. In addition to um, the customer service, um, I also want to talk a little bit about um, the community and how you guys give back to the community. Uh, that's one thing I want to make sure that we, we don't leave this podcast without saying. I know Archbold's been a, a big partner for the Chamber of Commerce. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, now that we are Imagine Thomasville, you guys have been plugging in. You've utilized our Leadership Thomas program a lot. Um, you know, businesses, when they come to town or when, they, when they're here and they expand, one of the things they're looking for is how to provide health care to their employees and how important that is and so that's one of our focuses and I think which is why we're such a strong partner together and how critical it is to make sure that we do have a healthy business community that their employees and staff have adequate health care and um, because overall that helps our community and so I've served on the live better committee mm -hmm. and I know that's one initiative that you guys have really been trying to to push out there and figuring out how we can collectively live better as a community. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I'm, I'm, the Live Better um, initiative, you know, obviously predates me. So, but I think it's just, just like you said, it's a partnership with local businesses really try to um, push out their healthy living and, and, you know, how can we help the community be healthier and make better choices? Um, you know, Archbold, one of my things I'm very passionate about is, is Archbold being a really 
a better community citizen than even we are today. You know, right. I think our school does a great job, but I think we can even do more. Sure. Whether we're talking about health fairs and education and you know taking healthcare to underserved communities. Right. You know, and, and you know helping businesses keep their employees healthy, but also the cost of healthcare is, is a real challenge for you know every business. Mm -hmm. So how can we really partner with local industries to to make them stronger. Right. You know? Right. And mm -hmm. uh, that's just going to attract more businesses. Right. I want to leave you with this. So my daughter is, um, she is in Hand in Hand, which is an elementary school for the county system. And uh, you guys do the My Plate. And so she came home from school with this My Plate. And we've been really trying to encourage her to eat healthy because she is addicted to sugar. She, that's all she wants is just <laughs> chocolate and candy. I mean, like literally the four major <laughs> ingredients of her food group are like Buddy the Elf, like candy, cotton candy, <laughs> sugar, syrup, that kind of thing. So she brought home My Plate. And it was really uh, the first time I saw the initiative, the Live Better initiative through Archbold and infusing that into the school systems and sending home to, you know, to the, with the kids. Um, she was able to see firsthand what it was like and to, to divide her plate up into healthy portions. And yeah, it's just the little bitty oh, things yeah. that little she may things. not even realize yeah. are making a difference. Um, and we just appreciate that. Um, I was That's able awesome. to see it firsthand with my daughter. So you know, when you go to the coffee shop downtown, you stand in line and they've got the live better menu and it tells you, you know, some of the yeah. choices you can have and what that calorie content is. Right. And so you're standing in line and it makes you aware, oh, okay, maybe I don't need that blueberry muffin. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should get the avocado toast and you start thinking and comparing. Right. So yeah, it is the little things. Yeah, yeah that it make is a the difference. little things. It's yeah. also the big things too. And so we appreciate you taking the time. Oh, no I know problem. your schedule is incredibly busy to join us on the podcast. I know this is just the beginning of the community really getting to know you and really understanding um, how Archbold's taken us into the next 100 years Thank you. from a healthcare perspective. So um, we appreciate you and appreciate all the Archbold does. And we appreciate all your nurses and the medical staff. We know you guys had a really tough year last year. It was tough. And you know, I, the one thing I would say is just thank, thank a healthcare professional when you see them out yes. there. Right. We really had a tough yes. year. And, I'm glad we're on the back end of it. It's, and uh, uh, going in your hospital for the vaccine, I was yeah. impressed once again with their customer service level and how quickly they got people in and out yeah, of there. So we've been uh, committed to getting vaccine into the community. Um, I would ask anyone listening, if you're not vaccinated, to rethink that and get vaccinated. But it's an efficient process. Yeah, there are hospitals out there that are charging for the administration of the vaccine, and we just made a conscious decision: we're mm -hmm. not going to do that because mm -hmm. it just if that even prevents one person from getting vaccinated, we don't want to do it. So, right. you know, we're we're eating that cost ourselves and uh, just, you know doing everything we can to get more vaccine. Well, we appreciate all that you're doing, um, especially last year in 2020, and continuing trying to get us out of this pandemic. So we appreciate you, you and and all the staff there. Yes, and we're happy to have you and your wife migrate from Canada <laughs> from to South Carolina, or is it South Carolina, North Carolina? Yeah, yeah. and then to Buffalo, and then here, and then so. back here. We're oh, happy well. to have you, and we're glad you're Not here for good. Anymore. So, um, Darcy, thanks again for your time. And, guys, we Thank will you. have another podcast rolling out soon, so stay tuned.